0: Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of the Because Money podcast. I am joined with Chris Ens, who is our new co-host, as well as ever, Sandy Martin. Uh, I am in the producer's chair for Jackson Middleton this year, so let me turn it over to Chris to introduce
1: himself. Hey guys, I am Chris and I'm filling the wonderful shoes of co host past in Because Money. I'm thrilled to be here and um, ready to get started. Sandy?
2: Oh golly, it's me, still in black and white. Um, So Jackson is still going to come in. He's still going to come to the show. Um, Actually, we've lined up our next episode that we're... Uh, recording today, which isn't going to be released until two weeks from now, but he's going to be with us. So we'll still see Jackson, which is fantastic, but we also have the opportunity to see, um, John and talk to him and, and have Chris who is, uh, you are not going to believe the kinds of things that Chris has planned for us, even in this episode. So, so now that we know who we all are, Chris, what did you do this summer?
1: <laughs> I know that you're all in bated breath wondering where I've been. You know, what have I been doing since you last saw me? Um, summer's been great. I'm so uh, I'm glad it is fall, I, was, I spent the summer, I uh, split my life between the finance world and the world of opera singing. And so I spent my uh, summer on the East Coast singing an opera about Alexander Graham Bell and then doing a whole bunch of camping and uh, kind of camped my way back with my partner and um, really enjoyed summer and the outdoors and it was a fantastic summer. And I know so much about Alexander Graham Bell now. So that's going to really come into play in this podcast. You'll see. Just Bell facts all over the place.
2: (laughs) Do you have any Bell facts?
0: Belfast. Oh, I could probably come up with a few. I mean, I've got a four-year-old who asks why nonstop, so we're always on Wikipedia looking up all kinds of things. Uh, as for my summer, I mean, you guys haven't seen me for quite a while on the Because Money podcast, but, uh, you know, pretty busy time. In particular, I was building a online course to help people learn how to invest. That is down in my uh, lower third here where you can see the address, course.valuesimple.ca, so sign up. And, uh, yeah, that's basically just expanding on the book that I wrote several years ago into uh, having more hands-on, more multimedia so that you can see my face in videos, so that you can hear my voice on voiceovers and walkthroughs, in addition to all the text and the spreadsheets and everything. And, Sandy, how was your summer?
2: It was actually very good. We went swimming every day. I started every newsletter that I wrote to clients, like, "Hey, we were swimming again. So, to me, that's – and we bought a canoe – which has enormous holes in it, but it was really cheap and we can fix it this winter. So so summer 2016, I don't think it'll be beat until summer 2017 rolls around and then it'll be pretty cool. One of the things I did was hide at a conference (laughs) this summer. (laughs) I don't, sometimes I don't do people very well, which I think is not a surprise to anybody, but um, yeah. So I got to talk to Chris a lot. He wasn't there, but that's, I sat in a corner and, well, no, here, here's the full thing. Oh, do, 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 do. This is,
1: you're in the moment right there. That's exactly what it looked like.
2: That's exactly, I had a beautiful polka dot dress on, not this one. It was a different one. Yeah. It made me feel good about myself. But it was, it was actually fairly excruciating. There were some good things about it, but there was this one part where a wealth, uh, the head of the wealth management division of a bank that shall be unnamed, lest it burn our screens, no, um, He was he did he gave one of the talks and he was very like he was talking about the holy trinity of wealth management. And the reason he was talking was because he wanted to assure everybody in the room that robo advisors weren't gonna take their jobs. No client of theirs would ever need a robo advisor because they were way better. And I think there are some, you know, points that he made that were okay, but most of the time he said the holy trinity of financial planning is taxes, investments, and estates. And I thought, well, that leaves like uh, three quarters of my clients out in the cold, like, I mean, to everybody pays taxes, right? You want to pay the least amount possible? Fine. You want to make sure your kids get what you want them to get and you don't pay too much taxes. But like, after a certain point, so then Chris, Chris, when we were talking about this episode, Chris said, okay, why don't you tell them what you said? Meaning me. About money, and I was like, No, this is what Chris said. So, here is a gem of wisdom <laughs> that Chris laid on me while I'm sitting there behind my phone in my polka dot dress, not talking to anybody. And he's like, It's funny, it's like they don't actually want any more clients, but wait, they do, but they just think that the dollars are their clients and not the people. And I was like, That really, ble- because I think it's actually true. One of the things that this guy f- finished with was any really good advisor actually wants fewer. People, fewer, richer clients, because it's actually, and what's best for the dollars is the advice that we give in financial planning. So, I, th- I mean, I think there was a lot of discussions between me and Chris, and me and John, and me and Jackson, and all three of us, and there was four in there, I can't count. And I think that was the genesis of what we wanted to talk about more in this season of Because Money. Right, Chris?
1: It's true. It's Sandy and I um, met just about a year ago.
2: Happy anniversary. Maybe
1: a little bit less than a year ago, but it's still getting close enough. Happy anniversary. (laughs) And um, we've done, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is the conversation that we have in personal finance and kind of the bigger conversation that financial institutions run and that we have as uh, bloggers and just kind of this industry has about finance and how it's kind of messed up. And it was that story when Sandy talked about Um, That presentation about these are the things that people care about and like you don't have to be a a financial planner in finance to realize that that's that's not true like that's not how people think about money they they don't they don't just they don't think about estates and taxes and in in that kind of singular way people think about you know how they're going to uh, you know afford to have kids and and buy a house and build a life and how are they going to afford to travel and do this and and are they going to be okay when they get older and can you handle health like these are the things that people think about real people money on the other hand only cares if it's you know growing and protected from the government and all these things so it's it's amazing when you start looking at the conversation in that kind of lens that it all starts to make more sense you know the financial institutions and, and yet again, and, and this has been said on this podcast so many times, that it, it's not about demonizing the people that work at these institutions. There's amazing people that work in the finance industry. But the institutions themselves are kind of messed up. And I think that that conversation that they try to run is really around that idea that the, client, the money is the client and we need to serve the money and grow the money. And um, Sandy and I and, and John and Jackson, too, are just interested in a different side of it, this idea that people should be first when it comes to money. First, how are you doing, not how is your money doing, you know? And that that comes from, you know, not only just kind of a a philosophical belief, but it really comes from um, the way that Sandy and I especially have set up our lives, you know? uh, Sandy's talked before about her life and how she used to be at the bank, but uh, I thought one of the interesting things that we want to talk about a little bit in the first episode is, is um, why person-based finance is such an important thing in our lives specifically. And so uh, I wanted to uh, kind of kick it back to Sandy a little bit to talk a little bit about how you left the your glorious and uh, fancy world of the bank and, you know, pension plans and retirement savings and security for something completely different.
2: Oh, it was it was very glamorous. Let me tell you, at the bank,
1: <laughs> Totally glamorous. They had carpet everywhere.
2: They had carpet everywhere. You know, That's it's gone. funny. <laughs> 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 carpet everywhere. I just mirrored that back to you. I was like, "Ha ha, that you. was a funny <laughs> joke." Only just got it after I said it loud. <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put myself up on this like, "Oh, I've created the perfect life." Because there's stress. I mean, there's a fair amount of stress in our yeah, lives. Yeah, totally. But. It was really important to my husband and I that when we had kids, um, not just kids, but I, I kind of like him too. So I like spending time with him. I don't want, I never wanted a life where it was like, okay, I'm going to work from nine to five or eight 30 to five 30 plus some weekends when it's run for the cure or whatever. Yeah, that's a different story. Um, and then squish my life into evenings and weekends. But of course, I mean, obviously the trade-off is we have less money than would be nice to have. <laughs> mm,
0: um,
2: and I can't say that, you know, we've had it actually documented on this show in a very stressful period of time. We had a big insurance thing happen and we had to put a lot of money in our house and it, it's, we're still paying for some of that money, but we don't have wet walls. So we consciously made a trade-off to be less well off, we're really affluent, like really affluent. We have a a home and we can afford to feed our kids and they have clothes that sometimes they like and food that almost all of us like and we're really well off in a lot of ways and we're happy with that and that's why we I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent a little bit, but that's the kind of life that I want. And I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of stuff to have time to pick up the kids from school together or not together or yeah. on a drive if we feel like it or whatever. Literally. Right.
1: But that's the kind of, that's the part of, of finance that gets me really excited. That idea that there's this life that I'd love to have. I'd love to build a life around, you know, my family and my home and this spending time and this flexibility and then using the same tools that the finance industry talks about and these tools are are good they're useful tools but using them for that instead of just using them to maximize earning potential and decrease fees and you know instead of just kind of fitting into these categories you saying this is the life that i want to build how can i apply personal finance tools to that Mm -hmm. It just, yeah, or even when it's not
0: quite so positive, because sometimes it's, which of these two terrible options fits better for me? Because yeah. it's, it's not always the wonderful life you want to build, but even then, when you've got relatively poor options presented to you, you still have to decide column A, column B, a little bit of both, you know, how's that going to work? And personal finance touches in on a lot of those.
1: hundred percent, because money touches uh, almost every area of your life, whether you you're a financial person or whether you hate money, it still gets in there. So it's, 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 a, it's a deciding factor all over the place. And it's kind of knowledge around it and kind of a deeper discussion in it around it um, can help make those decisions um, just a little bit more informed. I
2: so think. Chris, what's yours? What's your person first? Person per- first.
1: <laughs> See, my, I haven't... Uh, I- I've never really had a real job in my life. Um, I worked one summer at a corporation and their call center, and that 's the only actual kind of paychecks that i 've ever gotten from a company because um, I, I grew up I grew up on a farm and um, worked a lot on the farm growing up and and then when I was in school and then I became an opera singer because apparently that 's a job and have somehow been scratching out a living at that for for the last you know five or six years and now I'm diversifying in a couple of different areas, but it's, so it's growing up on a farm, you kind of around these people that I saw life in a way that was, you know, there's tons of work. Um, There's tons of things that you had to do, but you did, you were in charge. You got to be in control of your decisions and you got to take responsibility for your failures, which I also like. I like that it's not anybody else's fault. And I like, even though, like you said, it's like... You can say, oh, it's great being self-employed. You have all this flexibility, but you don't all the time because like Sandy said, it's, it's not like I have a ton of money, a lot of financial freedom, but my story is not like, I'm not, I haven't been great with numbers throughout my life. I kind of, um, I made all the mistakes. And then eventually when I'd made enough of the mistakes, I decided that learning a few things about money would be great. And so I've done the kind of be self-employed with no money knowledge, personal finance tools, and self-employed after with very little actual money change. And so that's one of the reasons why I get so jazzed up about this, because I know how big big of a difference those tools and kind of using those tools on a really basic behavioral level can really make in how much more free you feel, how much more empowered you feel, and how much more, like John was saying, those decisions when they come up, whether they're positive or negative, you just feel more capable of making them instead of just like pushing them away when those decisions gets to come up and be like I don't want to I don't want to deal with this and you just kind of push it away until you get the the red colored letter from CRA or pink I don't know it's not great colors aren't great not not <laughs> really. Super.
2: (laughs) do you know what's really funny though not like well really funny maybe not i but something that i really strongly remember talking to you about um, around growing up on the farm is what you were talking about when you were saying like even though you're not i don't know how to encapsulate it the way that you did um but that on the farm you were really intimately connected with most of the people in your community and that and that um, one of the things that you were investing in or people in the community was each other and that community so that when the next thing came up that you needed to rely on them for or they needed to rely on you for, the history was there that that was going to happen. And that really, I think that was during that conversation when we were planning this season. It was just thinking about how can we talk about money in a way that ex that doesn't say, oh, get rid of the rules or personal finance is personal and whatever I do is fine because I can explain it away, but how can we expand the conversation to include things that are more than just uh, what's your credit score and, you know, those types of things that I think we'll end up talking about shortly. (laughs) Uh,
1: Completely. You actually used the word total capacity at some point. Oh, yeah. I think it's such an interesting word, the idea that instead of just looking at You know how much money do I have versus how much debt and where am I investing that to just look at a larger idea of the assets in your life because the truth is and you've talked about this too about moving to a smaller community the idea that some of the times people don't just make decisions based on cost financial kind of choices it's based on all these other things and these huge assets and one of them being community and one of them being people around you and on the farm that's always huge I was reminded that I get the down in the summer as much as I can and this last year we had a, a kind of a tragic death in our community and seeing the community rise to that there's this you know this man who had helped people out for his life and when he passed during during harvest when it's really busy neighbors dropped what they were doing and they helped and they couldn't it's been such a bad season with time nobody has the time nobody has the but it's not about that it's about we do things together and that's an insane asset that's a huge thing that you just doesn't get put on your financial balance sheet right
2: totally i just i get uh, i get a little bit um <laughs> that kind of stuff okay so in the interest of building this little community you came up with a little game bad segue
1: bad <laughs> segue okay so um i like games I like games in all senses. And uh, so since we are just getting to know each other as new co-hosts, you know, it's a new relationship, I thought we'd play a little bit of a game that is badly dubbed the newly hosted game so that we can learn a little bit about each other. I think that we know each other, you know, pretty well, um, but I'm sure there's some things that, that we don't know. And so we're going to put it to the test in the, in the style of the newlywed game. I put together a few questions and so we're going to take some turns um, on your turn, Markers. On your turn, uh, John will throw up a question which is on the thing right now. For example, this will be the first question and this will be for, for Sandy. So it For is,
0: Sandy, so Sandy, your co-host Chris, what is your co-host's favorite finance
1: read? Okay, so you have to try to guess what my favorite finance read is and then we'll see if our answers match. All right. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Does this mean I have to have legible handwriting?
1: I just was writing and I was like, oh, that's not great.
0: You can read I it. I think out. we can trust you that, that you'll read out what you actually wrote.
1: Yeah. No! <laughs> that's not how it works.
2: <laughs> okay. What's All right. your guess? Value of simple. Because.
0: Uh, good answer. Well, but
2: listen, uh, so. am I allowed to tell a little story or we don't? Am of course
0: I you can to? tell no, Yes, yes, please, stories. The that's, reason that's, I
2: met Chris is because somebody contacted me to say, hey, maybe we could work together. And it turns yeah. out we found somebody much better for them to work for, <laughs> oh, work, true. With, work with. Totally true. Um, but at the very end of the call, they were like, do you know how we found you? And I said, no, I have no idea. And they said, you were mentioned in the thank you notes of Value of Simple, which my friend Chris gave me. And I already knew Value of Simple, so I kind of skipped over that because I thought, I got to talk to John. And I told him the story, and then I connected with Chris, and the rest is history. It's true,
1: Value of Simple, my brother gave me that book for Christmas uh, last year? Would that have been last year? No, the year before. And I read it in one sitting, and I do really love Value of Simple. I was thinking more in the terms of blogs, and so I wrote, and it's like such a classic big, but it was like my first big money blog that I read, which is Mr. Money Mustache.
2: Oh, I love him!
1: Um, And I still, even though some of it is, really fun and extreme. I love it when, especially when he writes about his kids, all those posts about his kids and about teaching his kids to like deal with money are just some of my favorite things, but you're a hundred percent right too.
2: Yeah. Well, you can't say not. I mean, that's just insulting to John. To
1: well, it's also- Not, even... not <laughs> while I'm here on the call. I don't have to pretend at all. Okay. This is a question okay. for me.
0: Chris, this is your question. Uh, about Sandy. So, what finance topic does your co-host most like to nerd out about?
1: Uh, all of them. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I don't even have an answer for that.
1: Oh man, there's no spell check on my giant cards. That's a bit of a problem. Okay. I went to, I went to, I decided to go topical. I know there's a little bit of stutter there, uh, and then, and went with robo advisors.
2: Oh, I love to nerd out about robo advisors.
1: Really love to nerd out about robo advisors. Where'd you go? You made, with?
2: You made me think sequence of
1: return risk. <laughs> You're such a nerd. That's an amazing thing to write. Oh, I would have never guessed that. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, keep it up. Next. So
2: what are I we zeros to? Oh yeah,
0: we're yeah. so far. So Sandy, this one is for you about Chris. What finance tool does your co-host most? Uh, what finance tool does your co-host use most often?
2: Hmm, I think I know that one. I think
0: you can
1: probably get
2: this one. Get a point. righty.
1: Okay. What did you say? Wait,
2: you can't see that. <laughs>
1: You need a budget. (laughs) Point Sandy. The answer was YNAB.
2: That was an easy one.
1: For those of you who don't know, it's You Need a Budget. It's my favorite little budgeting software. It's super fun. Super fun. All right.
2: Those are all the questions. No, question
1: four. (laughs) But, you know, um, to fill the gap a little bit. Uh, Okay, perfect.
2: We are pros. Next
1: question.
0: (laughs) So, Chris, this is about Sandy. How many pairs of shoes does your co host own?
1: Yeah, so some of these questions aren't about money, I guess. <laughs> um, I, mm, like, but wear it,
2: regularly or
1: own? I think the question is own total. Okay, if you're counting, Don't your, hug. Fingers, <laughs> if you're counting your fingers, I'm just going to count. I'm not above cheating. Um, uh, yikes. <laughs> okay i think that i think i'm high. i'm wrong i think i'm high okay i felt like you wrote down two i i'm gonna go with 11
2: oh you are high seven i almost oh my forgot my winter boots
1: shoot i'm glad you included the boots
2: mm-hmm. i also still own the shoes that i wore for my wedding which is weird but
1: i thought you would I have, have like multiple pairs of flip-flops or something like that One.
2: One five five dollar pair
1: I I just thought maybe you, yeah, different colors or something, I don't know. Anyways, okay, (laughs) question five. Next question, Sandy, what is your co-host's
0: biggest financial pet peeve? Oh
2: lordy. Pet peeve about other people? Is that, am I allowed to ask clarifying questions? That's the thing I do most all the uh,
1: time. Sure, yeah, not about me, about like an outer pet peeve. About other people,
2: hmm. I'm just gonna go topical. I'm just gonna say a thing that is not a thing, really. Fully expecting this to be wrong. Oh, this is not a good answer. I apologize in advance for what did you go for? Credit cards.
1: Oh, that's not. That's a
2: a, no. I know it's terrible. I'm sorry. I, I
1: went with ridiculous financial jargon.
2: Oh, that's better. That's a, that's much more in line with who you really are.
1: Well, that's what we're trying to trying to put out there.
2: I stink. Sorry. For,
1: for better, for worse, it's okay. You've got one point. Like I've got a. This is my only chance to tie. All right. Okay. Last question. Here it is. Last
0: question. What is your co-host's most important non-financial asset?
1: Okay. I think I'm gonna get this one. Okay.
2: Hold on. Not um...
1: Okay <laughs> uh.
2: All righty. I'm, I'm not sure if this makes me sound like I'm okay, you've answered nope. that all. Okay,
1: I went with family and in brackets the guy who brings you coffee. I,
2: got you so- I, got it. <laughs> I thought should I should I talk about a person as though they're an asset? That sounds like he's chattel, which he is not.
1: But, but that was in, in the general spirit of total capacity, right?
2: Yeah. He's my, he's like 70% of my total capacity.
1: Dude, like people are always talking about the latte factor and you've cut down on yours by having a financial asset like Seth who brings you coffee.
2: Oh, that and that's like 1% of its worth.
1: That's one <laughs> Oh man.
2: He's got a whole lot of other skills. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, to the unnamed segment
1: Oh, to the unnamed second. Well, we should say we, we, we've been talking a little bit about it. But really, our season this year, we've, um, we've really kind of tried to plan it with this idea of what we've been talking about this uh, with person based finance, and this idea of total capacity and this idea of kind of stretching some things out. And uh, so we've got lots of cool guests planned And um, some some really fun ways to look at some topics that lots of people are talking about, right? Is that fair to say, Sandy? I totally, think they're fun. Totally fair. But, um, so yeah, we're kind of in that vein. And now to the unnamed segment that we will name at some point.
0: Yeah, so the whole point of the unnamed segment is that uh, we are not the only thing out there. It's not like you're getting all of your financial news and understanding and media from the Because Money podcast. So and acknowledgement of the fact that there are people other than us here are some things that we've been reading and looking at and uh, are interested in sharing so chris why don't you go first
1: okay well i'm gonna share um something that i just found this afternoon and that i'm super pumped about which is a new podcast or, i don't know how new it is it's new to me called bad with money and um i'm a big fan of as we've been talking about the whole time and i've been spouting my mind about it, just different kinds of conversations about money and it's um It's a Californian who uh, is just talking about, she's bad with money, but she's doing really interesting interviews with friends and family. And the first episode was just, it was all about a friend of hers who is on disability and how that works in the States. And I know that our audience is Canadian, but it's still really, really interesting and talks about family dynamics and how we teach each other about money. It's really, really cool. So check it out.
2: I think I will, no. (laughs) So I um, I was reading I read a, a lot of the blogs of the robo advisors that's a callback um and well simple has a really good one their grow blog is really really good really? and the one today um was a, it was they so they have the money diary series and today was a girl named Iris Brilliant. And she has a trust fund. She's independently wealthy, and she was from a very young age. She said, and, and so she's talking about something that she started, which is called the Resource Generation. So that's interesting. It's other people who have trust funds or who are quite wealthy, and how can they give their money away. She she helps them connect to charities and anyway that was an interesting part that's very interesting. But the part that was very really interesting was a paragraph in the middle about, she said I could lose my trust fund tomorrow and I would still have my family, still have my friends, I still have a good education, I don't have any debt. I mean it's a list of things that we don't necessarily all share. Yeah. Um, but it was a list of things that were like yeah tomorrow I could lose all my money and and I think I'd still be all right, and I was really, I was struck by that, and I it, I wasn't even thinking about it in the context of what we're talking about today, but of course, I was struck by it, so that was a good one. Often, actually, a lot of the Grow ones are, for some reason, which kind of makes me feel weird to say that, because it's a company blog, but still, it was good.
1: Hey, that's a really cool sentiment. That's just a really cool, like, if you're talking about total health and Financial capacity and total capacity and all that stuff. Like that's kind of isn't that the goal? Like to get to exactly exactly that place? Like build a life where you're like, you know, if I would lose all my money.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought that was I'd good. Okay. Yeah, John, close us so out. Cool. What did you read?
0: Okay, well, um, I actually don't have anything that comes to the top of my mind of uh, what I've been reading this week in particular. But one I've been reading for a long time is Michael James on money, and uh, he's a little bit of a uh, numbers guy. He likes to also talk about the intersection with behavior. And the thing that uh, really gets me is he's been out there just doing his thing forever. Um, one of the earliest Canadian personal finance bloggers. And he never makes the best Canadian finance blogs to read uh, lists that are out there. And I think that's uh, really unfortunate. So you should really check out his blog, Michael James on Money. He's got a ton of stuff in the archive that's uh, mm-hmm. really good to read on sort of intelligent, low-cost investing. Awesome. It. Awesome. It's good. Okay, so I think that's going to be it for our introduction to Season 3. There are going to be more episodes coming up. We're aiming for a bi-weekly that is every other week, not twice a week, uh, <laughs> release schedule here at Because Money. And so thanks for watching today, and we will be back with our next episode soon.
2: Can I say Goodbye. one extra thing? Oh, yes,
0: you can I always said, say one extra I'm
2: thing. I am so sorry. I thought um, <clears throat> I wanted to tell people that we might actually be on iTunes soon, like be well, a real podcast, so, yes, we've including our back uh, episodes.
0: Yeah, we forgot to mention Mohammed and uh, his involvement in the podcast here.
2: So more to come on that.
0: More to come Come on that. More to come. All right. You can check it out on the becausemoney.ca website where you can see the other people who are involved who aren't on the webcam uh, because there is some more work going on that makes this all happen. So thanks again for watching. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involves no ads or other sponsorship. Be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.